What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Curveballs and Chair Shots. My name is Brandon Tanguma, sitting approximately six feet away from me while the mascot gnaws on his lovely orange little bouncy ball type thing. Live from the OG studio with a brand new addition to the studio. You haven't even laid on it yet, huh? I have not laid down on the new studio. You should lay on it, baby. Casting couch. Cast, ca- casting bed. That bends in all sorts of different directions. It's, it's not one of the ones that, like, you can bend it a certain way and she can bend it a certain no, way. No, no, no. That, that, that's one like size the, fits all. That's a, the advanced model. This is the basic model. It was free. You got a free bed? No, no. I paid for the bed. The base was free. Oh, okay. So. That's because we upgraded. We were going to get, like, a really cheap bed, and then he was like, oh, well. You know, if you go with this one, you get the adjustable base for free. I'm like, the fuck's an adjustable base? What? And we laid down. And he was, Zzz. I was like, that's so cool. How much weight can it hold? 800 pounds? Sold. Barely fits under the max. Because Excuse of Dominic. Me? Yeah, I don't know why Dominic <laughs> was looking at the studio audience. Well, because she lays on the bed, too. So you just said, you know, what? I'm 715, she's only 50? Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Well, Dominic. How are you doing today? Brandon, I'm doing fine. I had a lovely dinner with the two favorite people in the world. Ugh. Sorry, I don't work out. I can't lift that heavy Dominic, Yeah, Dominic had to do a core exercise because yeah. he's laying kind of in an upright position, kind of like he's yeah. on a on a chair, and he had to yeah. crunch a little bit to hand over the water. Yeah. And of course, he couldn't just silently do it. He had to make a grunting sound. Yeah. Got to let people know what's going on. But I'm doing fine, Brennan. How are you? I'm doing all right. You know, there's some some things going on in the world. Not gonna not to talk about it. You know, this is an outlet for escapism. We're not ignorant. We're not gonna you know just completely ignore what's going on. I, I think Dominic, as a joint podcast, you know, me and you, I think we yes. can let out this uh, you know very scolding hot take that here at Curveballs and Chair Shouts, we are against police brutality. I 100% agree with that. And we're going to leave it at that. Okay. And move right along because we got some big news in the world of NBA. It's been a while since we've actually talked about some real NBA news, but NBA is back, baby. Because the the NBA, not the NBA, the NBA Players Association just voted today to confirm the plans for the NBA to return back. 22 teams will be involved in the relaunch. There will be 13 teams from the West, 9 teams from the East, an 8-game regular season to determine the seeding and everything. We're going to get into the micro details in a little bit, but Dominic, first, just your initial thoughts on this 22-team, 8-regular season game, 8-regular season games. Yeah. Thoughts? I am a little confused, actually. Why is it 13 and 9 and not like an even, like, you know... 10 and 10 or you know like why is it why is it 13 and 9 like it makes well Dominic I will tell you that the reasoning is it's based on the number of games the teams are behind the eighth place team so obviously in the west it's a lot closer race to get to the eighth seed compared to the east where a lot of those bottom tier teams are just utter trash so correct correct I found this thing on the twitter from Bleach Report which kind of I think precisely, you know, explains kind of what everything is going to be going on. So, 
22 teams will go to Disney World in Orlando to finish off the season bastards. from July 31st to October 12th. They will each play eight regular season games to figure out the final seeding before the playoffs start. Now, some of the teams have played more games than the other teams, so not everyone's going to be on the same playing field, but obviously they're going to base that off of winning percentage. Then, the 16 current playoff teams will be joined by the uh, so obviously the two eight seeds in the wet or in the west and in the east are going to be joined by the Pelicans, the Blazers, the Suns, the Kings, which Dominic, Portland Trail Blazers, do not play in California. Yes, I remember that now. Okay, uh, the Suns, the Kings, the Spurs out of the West, and the Wizards, the lone team out of the East, not in the playoffs currently, and that is because. Uh, it's allowing them to catch up to the eight seed. Now, the thing is, especially in the West, that what happens if there's multiple teams kind of tied and this whole dynamic of how do you get into the playoffs. So this one is definitely the most confusing part, which I still don't really understand. But if a number eight seed is up by four games or more at the end of the regular season, they earn the final playoff spot. If not, that unlocks a play-in tournament between the number eight and number nine seed. The number eight seed would only need to win one tournament game, while number nine seed would have to win two victories to grab the postseason berth. Now, I don't exactly know what happens if there's three teams tied or four teams tied. That's a whole different can of worms. But, yeah, very confusing. Okay, so I I was going to say, I was like, what's confusing about that? And then when you said, oh, there's multiple ties, now I can see why it's confusing. And then finally, teams will start practicing locally in July before a full Orlando training camp ahead of the season restart. Players will receive daily coronavirus testing and will be required to follow social distancing protocols, but will reportedly be allowed to play golf and eat at outdoor restaurants. So Disney World, a great place to kind of keep everyone quarantined, combined, have the entire NBA either be at one one, uh, resort or maybe multiple resorts and just have those resorts on lockdown. So we've been talking about this for the past couple weeks, that this was kind of the plan in place for them to play at Disney World, but now we have the official rules and regulations that both the players and the owners have agreed upon. So NBA will be back by the end of uh, by the end of July, and California just announced. Gavin Newsom said that a lot of stuff is going to be set to reopen starting next week, like restaurants and gyms and bars and blah 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 blah, and even sporting events. So, Dominic, your thoughts on the NBA coming back? So let me ask you a question before I just say anything else. Why do you think it's so easy for the NBA and the players to come to terms versus MLB and? The, the, re- the reason it's harder is because they just have to agree upon a playoff scenario where, yes, there's probably there's money involved, but for the most part, you know, a lot of the bonuses and well, for the playoffs, a lot of it is bonuses, and that's probably already structured in place to where you're not going to make that much more money compared to what the MLB is really fighting for, which we'll talk about after we get done with all this NBA talk, is you have to develop a plan to negotiate and plan out you know, you've already agreed to these 162-game scheduled contracts, but what, ha- but what happens when you're not playing 162 games? Do you have to cut it in half? Do you prorate it? Do you have to do all this and that? And how much do you cut? How much do you not cut? So I think that's really what's making the MLB season fall so far behind. The N- the NFL has months ahead to prepare because maybe, you know, in a few months the world will look completely different and they don't have to really do anything else, anything different in terms of contracts. But NFL or the MLB has to worry about play, paying their players based on how many games there are when the NBA and the NHL just have to really worry about the technical terms of how they're going to determine teams to get in the playoffs. Damn, that was very complicated. 
I know. You do, a good, you, do, you do a good job. I have to ever tell you that. You do a good job. I try. Good job. Um, but, I mean, basically, I, I feel like this is probably best case scenario. Um, I mean, let, 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 let's face it. The world is dying to have sports back. And NBA is one of the top sports, I think, so... I don't, I don't remember the exact question you asked, so that's why I'm just kind of spitballing here. Because you don't remember the question you asked. I pretty much just gave you, like, free range to talk about anything. Just what do you think about the NBA coming back? But I thought that was before... I thought I said before I get into it... Oh, oh you did. God damn it. Uh, yeah? So, Dominic, do you think this season, this playoff NBA championship is a legitimate championship, and how do you think it will be viewed upon for generations to come? I mean, I think it has to be considered legitimate. I mean, you have, you know, the players agreed to come back. Um, Let's face it, the ones that aren't in the playoffs weren't playing at playoff caliber, so I I feel like, you know, there would be probably some critics who would say, oh, well, you know, you guys had time to rest, and this person was injured, and, you know, he probably would have never came back, blah, 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 but I, to me, it's legitimate, um, I would just, I, I kind of want to wait and see who actually does come back and win it, you know, Portland, who play in, uh, Oregon, um, uh, not to be confused with the Sacramento Kings, who play in California, exactly, their long-time announcer got the boot, which we're not gonna talk about, but you can figure out why, you can look it up, yeah, um, but, uh, um, you know, they're a team that usually makes, usually are the eighth, eighth seed, seventh seed, you know, they, they, they are a fantastic team, but they usually can't get pl- past a certain playoff, a certain round. Um, maybe with the extra time off, this and that, you know, maybe we do see them end up in the finals, you know, I just want to wait and see and how everything breaks down and, you know, what games are set. And once the regular or the postseason starts, it's going to be just like normal. You know, the first uh, season, the first series, five gamer, and then everything else after that, the seven gamer. So, or is everything a seven game at this point? I forget. Everything's a seven game now. No, I think it's five then seven. Okay, just making sure. Just getting getting a little bit confused. So, uh, from July to October, NBA will be back. We'll see how much that affects next year's season. Don't but they start in October though? Pretty much, because yeah. October is kind of that. October, best e- best month for sports because you get all four major te- major leagues playing at the same time. Well, I mean, it's gonna be. I think everything's gonna be fucked up for the next few years. So, well, uh, speaking of those teams that haven't made it, we have the Warriors, which I erroneously predicted that they were gonna make a four seed. I think Doc said they're gonna make what a two seed. Yeah, I said some or something like that. Before. But obviously, Steph Curry getting injured, that Clay uh, still being out, that's in uh, what's his face, Draymond Green still uh, bad, battling some injuries because he's been playing so much these last few years. Things didn't really go well for the Warriors. So, along with the news about the NBA season coming back, we have news about the lottery and the draft. The lottery will take place on August 25th, and the draft will take place October 15th. So still. While the season is underway, or no, right after the season, because the season's supposed to end October 12th. So a few days later, the NBA draft will go on. So uh, the NBA is going to still have a lock hold in the middle of October. 
the Warriors are tied for the worst uh, season record, so they have a 14% chance to grab the four, uh, the first pick, a 13.4% chance to get the second pick, 127 to get the third pick, 12% to get the fourth pick. So those first four teams are all just kind of muddled together. They all have kind of the equal opportunity. And then for the fifth pick, pretty much guaranteed with the remainder 47.9%. So this draft isn't very uh, loaded, or at least it's just unknown who's going to be that top-tier talent. What do you think the Warriors do? Is this an all-or-nothing thing where the Warriors need to get that first pick, or they can you know get a second or third pick, maybe pick a really good player, but not going to be that number one uh, number one pick to where they can maybe bait somebody to get a, a really big trade. Um, and th- that's that's what I was leaning towards. I think, I mean, you lock down Steph. Uh, I can't remember exactly if they lock down Clay or not. I can't remember. But I think that should be your next goal is to lock down Clay. Draymond is somebody that I, I, I would, I, I don't know how to feel about him. I don't mind if we lose him. I don't mind if he stays. Um, but that's what I'm thinking. If you get that number one pick, you know, there's probably not too many teams that would want it just because it's, like you said, it's no one that's, there's no Zion, there's no, you know, there's, there's no LeBron James, there's no Michael Jordan, there's nobody in that draft that's going to go, holy shit, he's the next big one. So I'm not saying there's not going to be a good player in this draft. Yeah. Just nobody knows who it is. Exactly. Well, that, yeah. But um, nobody can agree upon who it is. Who do you think it is? I don't know because... Usually I learn a lot about college basketball during the March Madness tournament because that's usually when I watch college basketball, and we didn't have one this year, so I don't really know a whole lot about the incoming draft class. Tyler Gunderson. I heard he was a great basketball player. Shout out Ty Gundy, the fourth man, the new man in our squad, if you'd like. Go to Curveballs and Share Shots on the YouTube. We've been doing some streams lately. May, might cut back a little bit because Dominic's quarantine, unfortunately, is coming to an end. Yeah. But we... Uh, Drop. We uh, popped off and got what, like three dubs last night. Not on stream, but then yeah. we got two dubs on stream a few nights ago. Continuing the drunk Dominic plays Fortnite series. Gotta love that. Not the be- not the worst, not the best, but maybe maybe we'll play tomorrow night. Maybe we'll, I'll get just freaking hammered, and we'll play tomorrow. Maybe, maybe we might play tonight. Maybe uh, maybe up. if the mascot just shut up, damn rubber ball. God, it's so annoying. At least it's not a squeaker ball. Could be worse. But let's uh, move into our weekly MLB update. Not really. I mean, I guess there is some news that the uh, owners released, or not released, but the owners said that they are going to counter-offer the players' offer of 115-game schedule fully prorated, that they said that they were going to fully prorate the players. We They agree upon that aspect, but what didn't really come out for a long time was that they want the season to be 50 games, which kind of just makes a mockery of the entire season, just cutting, you know, 112 games off, but they said, oh, fully prorated, but if you do the math of an 115-game schedule uh, with the cuts that the owners want, if you match that, it's the exact same thing of a fully prorated 50 game season. So pretty much, we're still going in circles about how much money, how much games are going to be uh, fought upon. But the uh, kind of consensus is that they're going to meet in the middle because the middle of 115 and, uh, and 50 is 82. And I think that is kind of the sweet spot, just fully chop off half of the season. Obviously, the money is going to be an issue 
as much as I want the players to get what they want because of the long history of, you know, being just ramrodded by the owners for over 150 years, who knows exactly what's going to happen. And then you also got the uh, collective bargaining agreement ending next year, so this is going to be a very interesting next few years for a union discussion with Major League Baseball. Dominic, your thoughts on this MLB update. Can, can I just ask one question? Because I don't want to assume I know it, and I don't want to look stupid. Pro-rated is they get paid their their rate, right? Based on if they were supposed to make... Is that the UPS driver? That's what, supposed to deliver our new microphones, even Maybe. though it was supposed to be here on Wednesday, and it's Friday, and they haven't even dropped it off yet? And now the mascot's going to go crazy. No, he's it's not. okay, Bubby. He's a good... He's a good boy. Shout out to the mascot. Got a fresh cut. Would uh, you like to... Give us a review on the mascot's haircut. Is this the same place that you went last time after since the place you used to go to was all shut down? So we used to go to Katrina's in San Leandro, but... But uh, the cartel shut that down? Yes. Um, we went to Covey's in Hayward. Shout out Covey's. But uh, we do not take them there anymore just because we felt like um, Katrina just did such a better job. Um, we did the mobile groomer, which, uh, you know, shout out to the mobile groomers. I want my money back. You guys are shit. Um, so then we went to this place in Castro Valley, California, called Classy Canines, where Katrina does work now. And I asked for Katrina to, to chop up his hair, and damn, she did a fine job. Is this the same haircut that he normally gets? This this is called the summer cut. So that means just it's chop short. off everything except for the ears. Ears are still kind of long. But he looks cute. He looks cool. He looks cool. I'm not a, a dog grooming expert, so I don't exactly know what constitutes a good haircut and a bad haircut. Well, you know, maybe I can put the studio hunts on. She can describe it for you. Uh, she gave it the look like, uh, yeah, no. When we get the when we get the new the new mics, you know, that can just hold it to her face and she can say something. Yeah, you can just shove the mic right in her face. Yeah. Yeah. Dominic, your thoughts on the MLB update of the week? Um, I I do agree with your with your knowledge of cutting in half being eighty what eighty two you said. Um, Correct. I I do like that. I mean. By the time they do agree upon it, though, are we going to have enough time to play 82 games? That's, I mean, that's the thing. It's, well, at least for MLB, they could run into November, and they're not going to really affect the next season too much. But then it's like, then you run into football, and it's like the MLB, this time should have been the time for MLB to capitalize and be the only game in town, but yet they're just lack, they're just slacking off, and now they're going to be the last league to really get a plan in place. And that's that's where I'm kind of like maybe they should cut it to like 75 games or something like that, and the reason- it gives them time to draw up a plan, get everything situated, and prorate it or whatever, and be happy. The reason why the owners want the uh, season to be so short is obviously you know they want to play the pay the players the least amount as possible, but it's those uh, postseason contracts that they're getting for the television deals, which is going to really get them a lot of money because they make a lot of money locally. But it's those national televised uh, playoff games that's really going to kick in, and that's why they want to really, you know, get that money before they get the postseason or the regular season money. But I mean, in. let's be real: how many of those teams are actually going to make postseason? And with a fifty-game season, it's really it's much harder to tell who's you know the great team. I mean, you can really tell who the great teams are, but that kind of you know mid-tier, those wild card teams, it's going to be really hard for them to really separate themselves. And do you have to? augment the playoffs and have like the NBA where you have 16 teams make the playoffs and have to you know do a a longer version just to kind of weed out the weaker teams and really notice who's the better team I mean let's let's just you know 
put all the major teams, like the Yankees, the Red Sox. Red Sox are going to be trash. A's, Astros, uh, you know, the Dodgers, Brewers, you know. Like, let's get, like, all the big teams. Just do a tournament, you're done. Just be way easier. Fuck, fuck the Blue Jays. Fuck the You don't want to see Vlad Jr. just dropping straight dick? Excuse me? You don't want to see Vlad Jr. dropping dick? I, I don't know what dropping dick means, sir. Please don't use that vile language around me. Dropping dick would... Uh, if I know you don't listen to Dallas Braden on Starting Nine because you hate Dallas Braden. Dallas Braden hater over here. Yes. He 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 uses dropping dick, which, if, which would translate to hitting the, quote, shit out of the ball. So what... So- so he says dropping dick in reference to hitting a hitting the crap out of a ball. Why does he say hit a, hitting a crap out of the ball? I mean, let's be honest. Come on, dropping dick sounds pretty cool. But you Dallas sucks, dude. He has two lovely kids with a beautiful wife, Dominic. Are, are you are you gonna kick me off the podcast for saying that? I mean, you can say whatever the hell you want. So really, you can say whatever you want, Dominic. This is your platform as much as it is mine. Nope, not going to say it. Then, Chris we're going to... of Fame. It's not the wrestling part of the podcast yet. Sorry. Yeah, I like how she pinched me. Did you see that? She pinched me for saying something stop. about... Not to say stop. So, let's uh, give the local update for the A's. We talked a few weeks ago of the terrible move of the A's not paying their minor leaguers their $400 a month. And after some fan public everything backlash the fisher john fisher the owner of the a's organization has come out and said to the san francisco chronicle that he made a mistake he realizes what he did was bad and now he will be paying the minor leaguers thank god we thought oh this was going to be something a lot of teams were doing and then nobody else did that do you think this is just him going oh just trying to save face or I think obviously it is. I think if if he wasn't the only person to do this, then he could have been able to, you know, get by and kind of hide behind the other teams that are doing it. But since he's out on an island and, you know, everything that's going on in the world, it's like, come on, bro. Like, just pay the players. You're, you're getting a lot of heat for this. The A's ownership is already has the, the cheapskate, you know, mantra attached to them. Just pay the players. Now, let me ask you a question. If, let's say that it, it was, again, only one team that did that, but it was, like, the Yankees that did it, you think they'd be getting as much shit as the A's? They'd probably get even more shit because the Yankees make so much money, and you could, I mean, as much as you disagree with it, you can understand why the A's would do it because they can say, oh, we're a small market team, we can't afford it, but when it's the Yankees who are, I believe they're the top baseball team in the country, I mean, obviously, it's, like, between them and the Red Sox and Dodgers, they can pay the, their minor leaguers that $400 a month or a week for four or five months. Uh, I mean, just just just, just asking, you know, because when, when I got that email saying, like, oh, we can't pay them, I was like, really? I was like, how much are they? They're not making that much. And then we don't want to charity shame on the podcast, but then, like, last week they came out and said, oh, we're going to donate $100,000 to, a, a, yeah. you know, a, a charity, and I'm like, so you can donate $100,000 to a charity, which, good for you. I mean, I appreciate it, but you're not going to help your own out first and pay your, your players. And it's not even – it's their, their up-and-coming players that, like we said before, that that person that 
I can't remember what like, the, it was. This shortstop that's in Jorge Mateo. Jorge Mateo, like you said, he comes up, turns out to be a fucking stud, and then they go to resign him. Like, oh hey, can you take a pay cut? You know, we won't give you a couple million versus like the you know twenty that you deserve or whatever. And he's gonna say no. Yeah, I ain't taking no pay cut because you couldn't even pay me a, a twelve hundred dollars a month. Yeah, so let, let's you know, kudos to them getting their shit together, but you know. Better start making some changes, A's organization, because you don't change, then people ain't going to play for you. In some non-Rona news, we got Chris Archer, the uh, pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates, who was in that infamous trade with the Tampa Bay Rays. He has shoulder surgery to fix his, I got this, neurogenic thoracic outlet syndrome. Which is... I'm not a doctor, I just play one on a podcast which is like some sort of nerve-ending type thing, like in your collarbone area. So Chris Archer, fantastic pitcher when he was with the Rays, kind of fell off these last few years, and hopefully he's not going to be he's not going to play this year, so he's going to take the year off and come back next year. But hopefully if this was the reasoning for his drastic fall-off, he can make the comeback, and I still don't think it's going to you know live up to the hype of the trade that they made because Austin Romine and the other player who was just dropping dick on uh, on the Tampa Bay Rays. Such a dirty word. Should this be the title of the podcast? Dropping dick. There you go. Dropping baby dick. That's only you. Oh, okay. So, Dominic, your thoughts on Chris Archer? We don't really talk about the Pittsburgh Pirates a lot on this podcast, mainly because they're trash. And Chris Archer, once a great pitcher, I guess that's a great pitcher, really uh, falling off the face of the earth. I mean, when I think of of pitchers who've fallen off, you know, I think of like, and I hate to bring it up, like a Barry Zito. He was on the A's. He was a really good pitcher. Went to the Giants. Just total shit most of his tenure there. Um, Which shot at Barry Zito was on the Mass Singer. Beautiful voice he has. Made it to the top three. He's a beautiful person. He's a beautiful person. Nice guy. Good brother. Yes. Good brother. He is a good brother. Um, so when when I think of pitchers who've kind of fallen off, you know, someone like a Barry Zito pops up, and I think Chris Archer um, has more talent than Barry. Um, I just feel like, you know, if this syndrome thing, whatever it was called... Neurogenic thoracic outlet syndrome. If that is the actual issue, um, I think he can actually be... make it, you know, kind of revitalize his career, get traded or get signed to a decent team, and and make a run for a title. Um, and the thing with the Pirates is they're in a complete rebuild, and it's like, even if Chris Archer gets better, the Pirates probably aren't going to be contending next year anyways. So hopefully two years from now, he can really be a centerpiece for a young, vibrant Pittsburgh Pirates team. Or do the Pirates hold on to him and trade him? Never know. Hopefully, maybe next year he pops off, they can use him as trade bait, get some even younger players, and maybe that trade actually works out for the better for the Pirates. Exactly. There you go, Pittsburgh, helping you out. Then, finally, you know, we are a UFC podcast. We've talked... Oh, totally. I mean, what's going on with Chuck Liddell? I I don't know. What is going on with Chuck Liddell? I thought you said we're a UFC podcast. We are a UFC podcast, but a this decade UFC podcast. Oh, okay. We're going to talk about UFC 250, not UFC... Yeah, UFC 2. There you go. Uh, we got UFC 250 on the cards. We got Amanda Nunes de- uh, defending her... Did you almost say debating? 
Dem I'm going to say Demanding, I think. Oh, Demanding Donuts. Her title, you know, I probably should have looked this up beforehand because I don't remember if it's the 35 or the 45 belt. I believe it's the 45 belt she is defending, but we got to bring this up because Mr. X said a few weeks ago when he first started emailing us on the podcast is Amanda Nunez going to fall victim to the Modelo curse that he... So rightfully, pretty well, not rightfully. And I think you said yes. No, no, I think you said to wait and see. I said, I'm, so we're only going to really talk about this because honestly, it's kind of a one fight pay-per-view and I'm going to go with Amanda Nunez. The Modelo curse will not get her this time, maybe later on down the line, but I just think she's just so, uh, you know, dominant that there's not really anyone right now on the horizon to beat her. doesn't mean anybody couldn't. We all thought Ronda Rousey was going to live on forever and just destroy everybody, but then Holly Holm came around, kicked her in the face, and she has been the same since. Um, I mean, I don't know much about Nunez. Like you said, I, I, am, I am, I'm really the first to admit I'm not into the new age of UFC. Um, but you I, did go to a UFC party once. Exactly. You know, I did and, spar and with my neighbor when he was trying to be UFC. Fan. And you found a love for PBR. Was that drinking? No, I was drinking 805s there. But your eyes were open to PBR. Oh, yes, totally. Totally. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I feel like I, I... As much as I want to see her lose this so I can, you know, this so-called curse will live on, um, I kind of do agree with you. I don't think it'll be this match, I think, uh, or fight. I don't know. Do they call them matches or fights? Fights. Fights, okay. I don't think it'll be this fight, but I do think next fight will be her, her uh, day of reckoning. Then we got Jorge Amas Vidal in the news, someone who Dominic definitely knew. Oh, I, I said about, the first name right. Uh, he did say Jorge right. Then the uh, Mas Vidal, Mas Vidal. I forgot what you how would you call him. Mas Vidal. He is the BMF champion, which stands for what, Dominic? What was it? What does the BMF title stand for? Is that Bellator? No, that would be the baddest motherfucker oh. title. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to get shit for that. I already know. Yes. So he has been vocal on the Twitter uh, for a little bit, saying that he wants out. So the UFC not doing so hot. He wants out. One of the fastest rising stars in UFC could uh, maybe have a fight with Conor McGregor later on down the line, maybe fights uh, for a title, maybe fights Habib. Y you never really know, but uh, not a good look for UFC right now where uh, – Henry Cejudo, he wins, then he retires, then he shows up on Dynamite a few days later. And now we got Jorge Masvidal, one of the rising stars, saying, uh, fuck y'all, I'm out. Does he go to AEW? Maybe. He, he could be a, a good fit in the wrestling world, you know, very entertaining. Uh, he speaks pretty good English, you know, he could be kind of awkward at times, so I don't know exactly how he would translate if he really has that love for pro wrestling, but... Uh, Hopefully everything works out. It probably will. You know, they'll throw, throw the bag his way, and everything will work out. So speaking of Mr. X, that time where Mr. X sends us in a question in between the wrestling and the sports aspect how'd of this podcast. That, how'd you know it was a, a, you know a two-parter? One was a sports-related question. How'd you know that, Brandon? Uh, because that he always usually sends us one sports and one wrestling podcast. Uh, yeah, that's because he's email. a good fan. Great fan. Great. Uh, amazing. Number one. Anyways, it's so. Wait, did we? Did, I remember the jingle now. What? But did we go with question of the day or question of the week? I believe we will go with question of the week because we only do one show per week. 
Okay, so so then it would go, it's time for Mr. X's question of the week, right? Same with more gusto. Don't question it. Just say it. Mr. No, okay. No. Uh, ne- next week. Next week. I'll, I'll next give it a week. little Dominic a little will little nail week. it down without asking a million questions exactly. before saying it. So, it's not really, like, super sports related. Um, but it goes something like this. Do either... So, do either, you, but I'm reading it for you. Do, uh, do you or I watch Holy Moly on ABC? Sure, it could be cheesy, but it's goofy fun, which does kind of help with the fill of the sports void, plus Steph Curry is an executive producer and appears on the show. Do we watch it? Uh, I have not watched it. Um, I, I... I do see the goofy, cheesy, fun, kind of like family-oriented, like kind of vibe from it. It just doesn't really tickle my fancy, and I don't want to watch it. I did watch the first season. I don't know if I watched it in its entirety, but I definitely watched like the first half of the first season, and it was all right. I think I, I think maybe I didn't expect it to be that cheesy. Like the, it's more the commentary than anything else. Like. The putting and everything, that's fine. Uh, but I think I kind of wanted a more sports-like atmosphere for my mini putt-putt golfs. Yeah, I mean, like, it's... You wanted a serious putt-putt, not... I mean, I understand when you got, like, fucking, like, wacky wave inflatable arm inflatable tube men and shit, whatever that goes on with it. I know it's going to be kind of funny and kind of, like, Wipeout-esque, but I, I felt like it could have had a little slightly more serious tone to it. Would you have... Would you like it better... To have a more serious tone, like a PGA kind of thing? No. You can still, you can keep the funny commentators, but I, I, I just felt like it was a little too over the top. Like, it felt more like a TV show than like a sports show. Well, I mean, it is a TV show. Yeah, but if... I, I mean, it's called Holy Moly, let's be real here. I mean, if it was like Steph Curry's putt-putt game tournament or something like that, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure it would have been a little more serious. You, you never know, but... Uh... Which, not a bad idea, you know, if anybody from ABC is listening, not a bad idea to make it a tournament and have a cash off, you know, you do like, you know, 16, you know, people or teams, however you want to do it, and, you know, you play and season finale, the winner wins like, you know, $10,000 or something, I don't know. I think you you could have like a fun celebrity tournament putt-putt type thing. aspect of it. That could be a fun little kind of one-off like they do with the Celebrity Family Feud. That could be something I could see. Look at that. We're going to make millions. I enjoyed the match. I wish that maybe the match could be something that they do, maybe not every week or turn it into a television show, but maybe kind of spice things up, you know, having different players, whether they be really good golfers or trash golfers. Just kind of have it more like a talk show type thing where you have you know good conversation, you have them play golf, you have it pre-taped so you can kind of cut down on the bullshit and, you know, put in like a nice tightly wound hour 18 holes of golf. 18 holes, damn. Take nine. You ever uh, play a full 18, Dominic? No. no. Only I played the nine hole at the marina, and then I played the front nine at Sky West. Maybe we got to uh, get a squad together, and you know, me and my brother play with uh, you and Tyler. Maybe the studio might get a set. Maybe she can play. She can be our foursome or fourth in the sum. Ex- excuse me. Get your dirty mind out of my room. And you can just drop dick on the fairway. Ooh, you hear that? You can drop some dick in the foursome. There you go. What is Mr. X's second part of his question? Of his email? Um, 
hang on, hang on, hang on. As he fumbles the iPhone. Well, she's throwing her glasses at me, which I don't know why she's throwing them at me. Uh, do, 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 do. Like, do you want to know, like, what, if it's, like, AEW, Raw, SmackDown, like... Just ask the goddamn question, Dominic. Okay. Second question. Uh, is WWE, in their own horrible way, trying to fill the sports void with this whole Viking Raiders slash Street Profits rivalry, and in the process, are they ruining the teams? I do think that they are ruining the team. I had this on the script. I don't think I was going to really talk about it. So we'll kind of make this the you know the this portion of the raw recap. Well, not the entire thing, but just we'll talk about it and then not talk about it during the raw recap. I don't like what they're doing. As I think I said last week or the few few weeks ago, I like comedy that's funny. This isn't funny, and very just like holy moly, you know. I I think it could have been a lot of fun if you actually had them like have shoot matches in bowling and basketball and axe throwing or whatever. You could have had a lot of fun with it. But, I mean, just going super over the top and doing, like, the wacky cartoon slide down the lane to get a strike, which we all know doesn't count, and then taking it seriously as counting as a strike. Just every, I mean, Or Eric or whatever his name doing that monster dunk. Yeah, but well, that was a shoot, brother. He really dunked that. Oh, he did? Oh, shit. My bad. He pumped him up and, you know, dunked it from the foul line like MJ. See, I didn't know that. Damn. But... I mean, I think they're definitely building to them just being, like, best friends and being a buddy, you know, you know, funny cop, buddy cop, whatever, tandem or whatever. Hopefully, Kind of like how, like, Matt Hardy and MVP did their little, little, like, sports thing. Remember that? Or were you not watching wrestling at that I time? don't remember that at all. Basically, Matt Hardy and MVP win the tag titles, and then he kind of do competitions through the, you know, a couple weeks of SmackDown, culminating to Matt Hardy boxing uh, Holyfield at, I think, Saturday Night Main Event. I do not. But, anyways, I have not been a big fan of these. I think every one of them have been kind of stupid. And I'm hoping that this decathlon is the last one. I mean, I'm sure it is. And I'm sure it's going to end with them saying, give us a title match since we won or something. And then then they drop the titles next week. Week following, sorry. Week following. Now let's get into the wrestling news. We got somebody signing and somebody not signing a contract. We got Adam Cole, baby, the current NXT champion, longest reigning NXT champion. His deal is apparently up at the end of August. He has not signed a new deal with WWE. Rumors are running rampant. Obviously, he has the elite connection. Dominic, your thoughts on Adam Cole's contract status right now? Well, if if you want me to get inside the mind of Adam Cole... I feel like he is going to move up to either Raw or SmackDown and be the main event caliber, caliber wrestler that he is. Um, not not to take anything away that you know he won't go to AEW or something like that, but I feel like he's so over in NXT, and if he comes to SmackDown or Raw, he's going to be super over. He can have matches with AJ. I mean, you know, we've seen the AJ match in New Japan. Um, you know, or was it New Japan or ROH? I think it was ROH. I think it was ROH. Um, but, I mean, there's that match. There's a Seth Rollins match. There's the Daniel Bryan match. There's, um, you know, I'll see Aleister Black. I'll see Drew McIntyre. I'll see uh, uh, Andrade. I mean, there, there's matches there that, you know, I would like to see. 
and I think fans would like to see it. Like how we're having a five-star wrestling classic at the edge of the bed with the studio audience and the mascot? Yes. And I think the mascot was winning, but now now he's on his back. Don't ever do the job, brother. Never look up at the lights. Yes. But um, but I, I think he's going to resign with WWE. I think they'll, they're going to offer him the money he deserves. Um, I mean, unless he'd rather go to AEW, but I feel like you know, in order for there to be a war and to have everybody and have the whole wrestling community thrive, you need to have the main player like Adam Cole stay on the WWE brand. So for a majority, I think, of NXT wrestlers or just wrestlers in general, I think I would want them to go to AEW just because I think they would do better there. But when it comes to, like, the top, top-tier wrestlers, obviously you want to wrestle for WWE because that's where you're going to make the most money, you're going to have the most popularity, but... I feel as though Adam Cole can reach that height, but I also thought that Johnny Gargano could be that top-tier guy, and he still has just been kind of spinning his wheels in uh, NXT. He's been doing really good work, but it, uh, yeah, I mean, I think if I were to tell Adam Cole, I would probably say re-sign with, it, but it all depends on, like, how, how does he feel backstage? Does he like the environment? Does he like, you know, everything that's going on? He had a cup of coffee with WWE for a little bit. Did he like that? If he really enjoys what he was doing with the Elite, if he wants to go back and, you know, be with his girlfriend, Britt Baker, and kind of, you know, live a life with them so, you don't, so she, they don't have to be split up as much, then obviously, you know, go to AEW. But I just feel like Adam Cole has that upside that he could be the top guy in WWE. Yes, he's short, but I feel as though he still could be that. And if you're going to be either a top guy in AEW or WWE, I still feel you want to be the WWE guy because you know they're going to stay, you know, they're they're going to be there in the next twenty thirty years, and you can make a lot of money. And and, and you you bring up going to AEW to one of the main reasons could be being with Britt. Um, I feel, and this is taking nothing away from her or him or anything, but I feel like if he was to go there, that would possibly hurt him or her, because now because you already know automatically you're going to put them together. I do you know that? I you already know it's going to happen. I mean, look, as soon as Seth and Becky kind of went mainstream, they put Seth and Becky together for a while. So I, I feel like... It, I think the mascot just Rey Mysterio, the studio audience. Oh, shit. blind. He bit your eyebrow? Oh. She, he was trying to go Mike Tyson on her. And now he's running away. He's yep. got to get some water. He's thirsty. He don't know where to go. Help him down. Help him down. Oh, it's my fault. Yeah, it's always your fault, Dominic. Come on, but, I thought but you yeah, that. I feel like he needs to resign, and but like you said, you know, it all depends on. It all depends on uh, what happens, if if he's happy and, you know, backstage and, whatnot. Um, yeah, I think he'll resign though. I think when they when they get when they offer him the bag, you're the head guy, even if it's on SmackDown. Which I think, wait, would it be a heel or a face? He's kind of in that. Middle ground, huh? Someone's Pet. thirsty. <laughs> well, you were rubbing the shit out of him, and she was playing with him. It was probably hot, overheating. We're just gonna leave my mic on so you can hear it. Fuck, oh, he stopped. Great on. audio quality you can only, that you can only get here on curveballs and chair shots. But yeah, I think he'll stay with WWE. Now, if you th- say he's going to stay with WWE, then this should not affect you in any which way 
on your predictions for NXT coming up later in the show. I mean, I'm still going to go... No spoilers, no spoilers. I'm still going to go the way I'm going to go. Okay, just making sure. Don't know if, you know, if he's not going to sign, then do you take it off of him now or do it later? But speaking of someone who has signed with AEW, Arn Anderson has signed a multi-year deal with the company. He's the coach of Cody. I feel like he hasn't been doing too much. I think he's definitely has more pretend or, you know, worth more doing stuff backstage. On screen, he's been all right. Dominic, your thoughts on a double-A signing with AEW long-term? I mean, my my thoughts and opinions of him don't change. Um, I I don't... I'm hoping he re-signed as a backstage personality, not a, you know, coming to the ring every time Cody has a match because it's kind of annoying, honestly. I feel like it, you know, not taking anything away from Cody, but I feel like it makes him look a little weak that he needs Arn Anderson in his corner. You know what I mean? You know. I, feel, I mean, I it kind of always... It doesn't really make sense. Well, not make sense, but I don't think it really works to have the a baby face who can cut really good promos and do all the stuff on his own to still have the coach. And even and the coach doesn't even talk for him. He just is kind of just there and whispers stuff in his ear. And it's just it's kind of weird. And I, I I just oh, good job, Tyler. You yeah. Dick. Sorry, I should have. I didn't. God, I, what? Is, uh, hang on. So everybody, uh, we do play Fortnite with Tyler from Trapdoor to Hell. And uh, his question is, y'all still recording? That would be a yes. We are still recording, Tyler. Yes, and you just got... Would be shouted out, or... Well, if you, if you turned your you know, your sound off, you wouldn't have just had a loud bing. Motherfucker, that was you! I don't know. Was it me? Yeah! It wasn't me. I don't know what you're talking about. Fucker. It's all the mascot's fault. He may, he may, he. Anyways. Anyways. Ooh, we should grill some steak tomorrow for In Your House. Well, that would be fun to do it tomorrow for In Your House, but In Your House is on Sunday. What? That's on Saturday. You thought wrong. Oh, fuck. There goes my day. You what, you were planning your whole day on around NXT tomorrow? Yeah. I don't watch the product. Tell me something I don't know. Then let's move I on. I told you that story today. Let's move on to SmackDown, something we don't really talk about because we're talking about SmackDown from last week. Just like this is a Joe Panic podcast, this is a Jeff Hardy podcast. So Yes, sir. Dominic, Let's talk. Your, your thoughts on the Jeff Hardy angle to kick off SmackDown of insinuating that he was under the influence, hit and run with Elias, but then he comes out at the end of the show and obviously seems like everything's all good. He wasn't convicted of anything, but just your thoughts on the opening angle of how they portrayed this segment of Jeff Hardy. I am probably one of the biggest Jeff Hardy fans. When I saw and heard of this, uh, me being me at first, I thought this was totally real, and I was like, shit, what the hell, really? But when I then actually watched it and saw that it was, you know, in the WWE realm, um, I was kind of had mixed emotions about it. Part of me was kind of like, damn, they're really just not giving two fucks about Jeff and his feelings and how he feels and his sobriety and all that and making him re relive the incident. Um, but the other part of me is kind of like thinking, you know, I, Jeff had to okay it. And that's what they'll say is, oh, Jeff Hardy said it's fine, so we can do it, right? You know, and, and one thing, and one person I would never want to piss off being because I feel like this person... I'm not going to say this person has power, but she does have 
a platform to, to speak about stuff, but I kind of don't like how Rebby and Matt handled the situation. Matt handled it way better than Rebby, but Rebby was like, I'm going to throw my TV away. It's like, I, I don't understand why, you know, she has such hatred towards WWE. I mean, yeah, she, they kind of underutilized and fucked over your husband a little bit, but, I mean, like, where, where, why, why are you concerned about these things? You know, like, let, you know, this, you have nothing to do with it. Yeah, voice your opinion, but, you know. But shouldn't that be something that you bring up to Jeff and ask him about it before? Before you start doing shit? Yeah, and I, I don't know if this was a live episode or if this was a taped episode, so they could have had time to talk to him, but. I really haven't. I didn't see what Rebby really. I mean, I heard what she said. I didn't. She's read like, it. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna just throw my TV away, or yeah. Something and Jeff like or Matt was just like, "Oh, I'm glad to be working with AEW." Yeah, I think Matt handled it better, but it's like, from my opinion, it's like, you know, let me let me ask you a question. Do you think WWE would hold Matt responsible for what Rebby says? So, because saying that is because I think no, they will be inducted to the Hall of Fame as either. The Hardy Boys or Team Extreme, depending on the relationship with Lita at the time. But um, do you think if Rabby keeps running her math about bad angles and this and that and this and that, do you think they'll go, you know what, fuck you and your wife? I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think something really drastic and bad has to happen for Matt to be blackballed from WWE. Even when he got released or you know his contract was over, he said, there's no animosity. I love WWE. Maybe I'll go back to WWE. Who knows? Maybe I'm a free agent. I haven't signed anywhere yet. So, I mean, obviously, there's no bad blood between them. Obviously, there's something with Rebby because probably maybe she didn't get the opportunity she thought she deserved or because of the stuff that they made Matt do. Probably just a whole different cavalcade of things. But I, Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy are going to be fine, and they're going to be WWE for life, I assume. Okay, I feel better. Now let's move on to the Raw recap. We get Seth Rollins holding a retirement ceremony. Can I, can I actually hang on one second? Uh, can I spoil spoil something for you from SmackDown sure, sure, today? Sure, Dominic. Give us a, a SmackDown spoiler, even though everyone who's listened to this is probably going to know what's happened. Bailey and Sasha are tag champions again. Oh my gosh, they beat Alexa Bliss and Nikki. I don't know how you feel about that. I was, I mean, I thought that Iconics... You know, Bliss Cross Applesauce feud has been white hot, and I thought that was just going to culminate at Backlash. It was going to be the great. That was going to be the greatest wrestling match ever. Guess not, man. Sorry to tell you, man. And then that means we're going to see like Alexa Bliss gets popped for steroids or something. <laughs> I hope not. But I don't want them to break up uh, Nikki and Alexa, though. Sad. Now let's go on to the Raw recap. We get Seth Rollins holding that retirement ceremony for Rey Mysterio. Good, solid, straightforward promo from Seth. Then we get Aleister Black defeating Seth Rollins. And Black beats Rollins, you know, pretty clean. Wish maybe they made a bigger deal out of this match, but I am happy to see Aleister Black getting this marquee win against Seth Rollins. I mean, I feel like it was a little... You know, I wish he would have hit Black Mass in one and not just the roll-up, but, I mean, I'm hoping this means something bigger is coming for Aleister. Then we get Apollo Crews taking on Kevin Owens in a United States title match. If Kevin Owens was going to have a U.S. title match, maybe he should have won last week, but I digress. Then we get a, a, a shitty double disqualification while Garza and Andrade interfere, which leads to a tag match between the babyfaces and Garza and Andrade, with Cruz and KO getting the victory. 
I wish they just had one long tag team match instead of two short, you know, one with a shitty finish and one short match. Isn't that what they always do, though? Don't they always screw us like that? Like, oh, this would be a great tag match, but then they do the 1v1 and then, you know, don't they always do that? Not always, but very... They They do it a lot. Occasionally? More than occasionally. More than occasionally, so a lot. What's more than all the time, but what's in between occasionally and a lot? Normally? Sure. Why not? Then we get bowling, which we've already put over so strongly. Rey Mysterio cuts a promo at his house with Dominic, kind of vows that he doesn't know what his future holds, but he uh, hopes to come back as long as he gets cleared to wrestle. So wait, I'm wrestling again? Yes. Uh, with your dad. Ooh, does he know this? Because, you know, he's a little old. I mean, he could, I mean, apparently he cut a promo on Raw talking about it, said he's going to get revenge on Seth Rollins. I knew my dad was on Raw. What the fuck? Um, I mean, we don't. I mean, we don't really know what Rey Mysterio looks like. He could be your dad. No. Um, do you? Do you want to see Dominic in WWE? And honestly, I mean, I know he has a lot of work to do to be, you know, a high caliber wrestler. But do you think it's wrong if he does? I mean, he's been training for a long time. He's still, I think, he's younger than us, so he's in his early twenties. He still has room to grow. I I, I kind of wish he wasn't just in the spotlight. That, that's this what I was, much that's this early. Ask, was, I, I wish he could have been like The Rock's daughter or even Charlotte. Went where to they're, NXT. They're in the NXT. They're kind of off camera. You know, they're they're training. And even when Charlotte was, you know, brought up and she was on NXT, I think she might, still was probably pretty green. But maybe because she had the flair name, she was pushed a little stronger than she should have been. Just like maybe Nia Jax pushed a little stronger than she should have been. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, I mean, I agree with you, Dominic. He's shown some promise. He's shown some good character work. He's not as charismatic. I mean, Rey Mysterio... One of the greatest wrestlers of all time. He's not going to live up to that. Oh, even, yeah, yeah. Even Charlotte can probably never live up to Ric Flair, even though she's come very close. Because she's way better. Okay. I mean, you said it, not me. Can Ric Flair do a moonsault? No. Every time he gets on the top rope, his old ass gets fucking chucked off. <laughs> you cut out. This is the only audio quality you can get here on Curveballs and Chair Shots. <laughs> that was the mascot, everybody. Moving on. You can also hear that on our live streams as well. <laughs> hey, most of those aren't mine, though. They're the mascots. Yes. We get uh, Asuka taking on Charlotte Flair. And, you know, a, a okay, you know, good match, but with a shitty finish at the end, you kind of knew this was going to happen with two champions, a ref stoppage. I mean, just kind of wasting, wasting our time with this match. Yeah, I mean... Who deserved? I mean, if one of them loses, it hurts. It hurts them. So I mean, exactly. So why do you book it in the first place if you don't have a finish for it? Because the finish was I don't know. Then we get our truth. He is your new twenty-four-seven champion. He pins Gronk on his front lawn. Yeah, that that could have been done a little better. We get Nia Jax, who came out and. She distracted Asuka, and she comes out and cosplays Asuka. But before that, she took on Kairi Sane, which we talked a little bit about last week. So we finally saw what actually happened. She uh, just completely chucks Kairi Sane into the steps. Doesn't put, doesn't lightly guide her into the steps for Kairi to run into it. She just kind of pushes her, and Kairi just falls headfirst into it. Obviously, you can see all the camera cuts and everything, and you know, kind of Kairi hiding her face and everything. And they did a 
okay job, I guess, at hiding it, but definitely you could see that something happened, if you knew that something happened. You know, and I also heard that, it, I don't know if it was a official from WWE, or if it was just somebody, somebody said she needs to be fired. Do I agree with that? No. But she needs to be held accountable for her lack of, I would say, professionalism. Because, you know, she did it accidentally on purpose, I think. She shouldn't be, I, th- I don't know if she should be fired, but she definitely shouldn't be pushed this hard with this, you know, amount of botches and injuries that she's sustained, especially the Kyrie. I mean, she's injured Kyrie twice in a matter of a month. Yeah, the, what was the first one? The buckle bomb. Well, I mean, it wasn't an injury, but it was a really bad-looking spot. Yeah. And it's like, Kyrie's one of the best women's wrestlers in the world, and now Nia can't have a match with her without injuring her. I mean, Sasha did injure, injure the best women's wrestler in the world, so let's be real here. Alexa Bliss? No, Paige. She ended her career. Oh. Paige live streams. Twitch streamer. Streamer, by the way. Okay. Then we get uh, Randy Orton with a backstage promo just like Edge. He cuts a good promo. I mean, solid work by Orton. I really like what he's been doing. Hopefully this can carry over to other feuds that Randy does. It's not. Because as soon as we go back to crowds, it's going to be him coming in, RKOing, and going home. Let's be real here. In the main event, we got Drew McIntyre taking on MVP. Short match, like 10 minutes. McIntyre gets the win. Lana was there. Uh, you know, distraction finish a little bit with Lana. Who knows what's going on with that? And then we go off the air with Bobby Lashley putting McIntyre in the master lock. You call it the master lock? I call it the full Nelson. It's the father Nelson. Or the Lashley lock. Lashley lock? Meet you in the middle. Go Lashley lock. Alright, then let's move on to AEW Dynamite. We kick off with Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega winning against Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian. Good, solid match. Maybe, uh, you know, a little spotty, a little too long, but good action to uh, remind everyone, hey, look, we got tag team champions, and they're pretty good. Well, I mean, Adam Page, I feel like, is underutilized in AEW. I feel like... Well, it's kind of hard to be utilized when you haven't been on TV in two months. Exactly, but I feel like he can totally skyrocket to the top of any company he goes to. So, you know, AEW better book him wisely, because I feel like WWE will become a knockin' when his contract was coming up. Brian Cage has another squash match against Sean Dean. Taz cuts a promo, Moxley comes out, cuts a promo, good intensity from both sides, and Fighter Fest will be two days now. It will be a special on TNT in place of Dynamite, so it'll be, I think, July 1st and July 8th. Should be fun, and uh, really enjoying the intensity that Taz and Moxley are bringing right now. But isn't it sad that it's the intensity Taz and Moxley are bringing, not Cage and Moxley? I should be more intrigued by Cage and Moxley, not Taz and Moxley. Cage has been bringing good intensity, just he's not the one cutting the promos. He needs to cut better promos, that's why. He needs to cut a promo. That too. Then we get Le Champion taking on Colt Cabana, a match that we never thought was possible. But here we are. Le Champion, Chris Jericho, beats Colt Cabana. We get Colt backstage, contemplating how he can't get the get it done with the big one. Then we get Brody Lee coming in and uh, trying to say, Look, buddy, you want to win? Come join the Dark Order. And we also get Chris Jericho teasing a feud with Orange Cassidy. Do you think Cabana would be a good, uh, you know... Dark Order follower? 
I don't know exactly what they're going to... I mean, I think it would look stupid for him to join and then, like, do the Dana Bryan thing where he's in there for a few weeks or a month and then he, you know, pulls a swerve. Like, why did you have to pull a swerve? What was the point of all that? But I think it could be an interesting little feud. I don't think he's going to join, but I think we will see Cole Cabana take on Brody Lee, and I think it's a good uh, recovery feud from Brody Lee after losing to the champ. I mean, I feel like Cabana is always this happy, fun-going, loving person. I think it'll be a good change of pace for him to be dark. So We get Britt Baker on the road to recovery. We get a uh, vignette of her training at the Jacks facility, you know, dragging weight behind her, you know, valiantly rolling her way up the uh, wheelchair ramp. We get her doing some arm curls. Just great stuff. Goat stuff. Goat stuff. Then we get Nyla Rose defeating Big Swole. Nobody got hurt, so we can ask for, right? Pretty much. Then we get an FTR sit-down interview with Tony Schiavone. They talk, and they don't talk about WWE. I enjoyed that, that they weren't bitter. They just completely stayed straight, talked about the tag team division. And they were not really... They were heelish, but also kind of earnest and, you know, forthcoming. And they're setting up a few, or a match at least, between the Butcher and the Blade and FTR. I mean, that, that was something that... Um, I feel like that's how they exactly were in WWE. They were kind of, you know, maybe a little heelish, but they were kind of front. They 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 were uh, upfront dicks. You know, you can't tag them because they're being honest. They're being truthful. Yeah, maybe it's a little harsh, but you know, you can't give them crap for it. Um, I would say right now they're baby faces, but give it a few months, and I think they're going to turn heel. Exactly. Um, you know, I do agree with you that, you know, not talking WWE makes them look really good. I feel like uh, a lot of the times, you know, I'm not going to name any names here, but Brody Lee straight up just capped off on him. It's like, that's not necessary. You know, Moxley might have said some mean things, but, you know, he has no grudges or anything. You know, Jericho has nothing going on. You know, it's just... Uh, you know, it looks bad when people talk bad about the, you know, other companies. In the main event, we got Cody defeating Jungle Boy to retain his TNT title. I thought it was a really good match. I had kind of high expectations, and I think they met them. Uh, Cody, he has to bleed, of course, gets the big entrance, gets pyro at the beginning, and then gets pyro at the end. Uh, but let's not be cynical. It was a good match. Really enjoyed it. And I thought they uh, told a good story. Hopefully this can help Jungle Boy. Uh you know, kind of move up to the next level. The only spot I didn't like was the table. Like, why do you have to go through a table? It's the only thing. But everything else besides that was good. Yeah, I liked it. Then next week he's going to face Mark, Mark Quinn, Marquez, Mark something. Oh, the private party. Why is he getting a title shot? Who knows? Maybe he got his name drawn out of a hat. But it should be interesting. I haven't really been uh, liking what private party's been doing in the ring the past few uh, weeks. But maybe this could be a, a nice breakout chance for maybe, him. Maybe. Then, let's move on to NXT. We get my girl Candice LeRae taking on Dominic's girl Mia Yim in a singles match. They fight to a double countout. Then this leads to Lee, not Lee, Lee Ray, LeRae, and Gargano. You okay there? No. Defeating Mia Yim and Keith Lee uh, with some shenanigans, getting a little eye poke from uh, Gargano to Lee. Uh, just kind of your thoughts overall between uh, those two matches and setting up this on the go home show before NXT in your house. 
Oh, um, I mean, I, I feel like the setup has been pretty good as of late. Uh, I mean, I, I liked the, uh, who was it? The Gargano's sit-down dinner and how Lee and Mia, uh, Mia Yim kind of, uh, how do you say? Spoofed them. Spoofed it, yes. As we talked about last week, Dominic. Yeah, I'm, I mean, you said the build-up. This is the part of the build-up, right, Brandon? Sure. Um, Dominic is, has an iPad in his hands. So he might be a little distracted right now. Yeah, I'm trying. Well, I'm I'm not the build. Honest, honest to God, the build-up. Um, it's been all right. I I think they could have done a little. I think it could have been better. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it'd be. Oh, it could have been better, but I thought they were building toward just a tag team match. This mix match match mix match match match. You okay? On. Uh, for In Your House, I thought you could have saved the Gargano Lee title match a little bit later, but uh, we're getting straight into the, the singles men's match this week. So uh, we're going to have to see what exactly what they do. Speaking of the build two matches, we get two separate NXT, what they're calling Prime Targets, which was a video package kind of hyping both of the matches. We get the men's. We see Undisputed Era back together again in a limo. They go celebrate Adam Cole's one-year anniversary being NXT champ. We get Velveteen Dream, who's apparently a roller skater. He's rolling around Orlando and talking about numbers, and he, we get like a, a Prince impersonator. You have just have to watch it to imagine what was going on. Then we also get the women's title match, Prime Target, where we get Io Shirai underneath water, Rhea Ripley waking up at 5.30, making protein shakes, and Charlotte Flair running the ropes. I I, I really enjoyed pretty much all of it. Um, the one thing I did not like was the Velveteen Dream thing. I felt like it was a little too... Um, trying to think of the of a nice flamboyant no i just felt like it was i I guess it's a little flamboyant just you know i i feel like you need to be a little more of the kick-assing you need to show showcase a little more the kick-assing part you need to be a shout out to pat mcafee who i thought had a perfect analogy he called velveteen dream like the dennis rodman of nxt outside the ring outside the arena he might be doing some bullshit. He might be kind of crazy and, you know, flamboyant, one might say. But when he gets to in the ring, he kicks ass, takes names, and he just fucks shit up. I mean, I, I, I kind of like it. Um, but but then again, even in the ring, I feel like he's still too... What, Rod, what Rodman was on the Bulls when they were playing... Um, Velveteen Dream is not. Rodman was aggressive. He was very... Um, the best rebounder of all time. Okay, sure. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that as, you know... I'm, that's not a knock. I'm just saying, yeah, sure. But um, Velveteen Dream, when he's in the ring, he's super charismatic. That's something that Rodman was not. Rodman was never charismatic on the court. He was aggressive. He was he was determined. He was powerful. Uh, Velveteen Dream is kind of more just like, I'm going to do this, whoop-de-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo, you know? All right. We get a triple threat match, which I, this was my favorite part of the entire show, no shit, 
was because they did a triple threat tag team match where all three of the teams were in the ring at the exact same time. They didn't have this stupid rule where only two of them at the same time, so you have to figure out a way to tag in someone with, who's actually not your opponents or actually not your partner, so you get the stupid kind of blind tag running against the ropes. Novel? Who would have thought? Three teams, why don't you have all three teams in the ma- in the ring at the same time? So you would say it was a Texas Tornado tag, right? Well, you should have, no. Texas Tornado would mean everybody's in the ring at the same time. Oh. All six. I'm saying you have one team, one member from each team in the ring, active at all times. Oh, see, I, I thought a Texas Tornado was just whatever. Never mind. But um, in the end, we get the yeah. return of Brizongo. They are your new number one contenders to the tag team titles. I don't think that this match is going to be taking place at Inner House. But uh, nice to see Brizongo back. We get Fandango coming back from an elbow injury. They are sexy spacemen. <laughs> Am I the one that finds that really funny? Sexy spacemen? Really? What help if I unmute my microphone? We get Dexter Loomis. Uh, the backstage interviewer asked him on his thoughts on the Velveteen Dream Adam Cole match, and apparently Dexter Loomis draws now. He did one of those boardwalk cartoonist drawings of him driving a, tr- driving a truck with the three remaining Undisputed Era members tied up in the backseat or something. That, that... What? Really? Yeah. I don't like that. You don't... You don't like that? No. Okay. We get uh, Robert Stone... Chelsea Green apparently is the hottest wrestler, woman's wrestler, in NXT, and now you, you gotta quit when you're on top, so she fired Robert Stone because she fired Robert Stone. No no real reason. That was that was about it. I was wondering why on that it said Robert Stone fired him. I'm like, WWE didn't release him. I feel like he's in a con- he's in a be with uh, an up-and-coming female wrestler. You know, maybe somebody of a certain uh, maybe their father was a great wrestler no Casey Catanzaro's dad was a great wrestler I'm thinking to be with Simone the pebble the pebble we get uh, finally in the main event we get El Hijo del Fantasma defeating Drake Maverick for the Cruiserweight Championship in the finals. Uh, you know, really good match. They uh, obviously told the story of this maybe being Maverick's last day with the company, and in the end, Papa Trips, being the good guy that he is, gives Drake Maverick a contract, and ho-hum, everyone's happy. Maybe felt like Maverick should have won, not this match, but should have won to get the contract, but overall, it was fine. The story might have been a little too over-the-top and hammy with Jake Maverick's performance, but I mean, I think they kind of got the uh, point across and kind of making him very sympathetic. I think he's definitely come out of this a lot better than he did going into it, but uh, Leah Rush was someone who was not a fan of really, uh, you know, shining the spotlight because a lot of wrestlers did get fired, and a lot of them, most of them, all of them, except for Drake Maverick, didn't get their job back. Well, didn't they offer Kurt Angle and he said no. Kurt Angle said that apparently he had the offer to manage Matt Riddle, bro, which I I feel as though that's one of those things of someone threw out the idea and Kurt Angle just ran with it and said that it was a whole, it was a done deal that he was going to do it, but he said no. I should have. I think that would have been a good team up right there. Dominic, what are you doing on the uh, laptop right now? I'm trying to get the studio audience her money, dog. 
Go get your money, boo-boos. Get your money, bruh. So finally, we got the NXT TakeOver In Your House predictions that are taking place. What day, Dominic? Uh, it's on Sunday, apparently. It is on Sunday. We got Finn Balor taking on Damian Priest. Uh, this dates back to when Finn got attacked. Uh, Damian Priest apparently was the culprit. And I think Finn should win. Put him over strong. I feel as though you're still building to him and Walter. Maybe Finn and Adam Cole. Which could, I think, possibly be the next uh, title scenario. So I'm going to go with Finn. It depends on how you know motivated each of these guys are. But I think it could be a pretty good match. And Finn goes over pretty strong. Do you want Finn to keep going over? I feel like... Granted, he was put. He probably went back to NXT just to be a name, big name value, draw, whatever you want to call it. But I feel like if he keeps winning, you're kind of diminishing the talent that's there. Damian Priest needs to get a victory. I think beating Finn Balor in a hell of a fucking match will help Damian Priest. Alright, then we get Dominic's dream match. Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox, Mia Yim teaming together to take on Candice LeRae, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai Dominic. I know this might be a tough one to watch because you're just going to be just all over the place, but who's going to get the job done in this mega six woman dream match? All feelings aside, I really do hope Shotzi, Mia, and Tegan win. I feel like Gonzalez, Dakota Kai, and Candice, um, they're not going to gel well together. I feel like um, plus, I mean, you you have Mia versus pretty much is Mia versus um, Candice, and then Shotzi and Tegan have Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. But I feel like um, you know, I think Shotzi's team. I'm gonna say Shotzi's team. She's easier to say. Shotzi's team needs the win more than Gonzalez and Dakota and Candice. I think it. Um... I think it might go down to what they want to do with Gonzalez. I think if you want to make her that monster, make her that big threat, you could, you know, have her win. Maybe pin Tegan just because Tegan out of the six right now hasn't been pushed that much. She's just kind of been the side player in this Mia Yim, Candice LeRae beef. Obviously, her and Kai, I guess, are just going to fight forever. It's the female version of uh, Gargano and Ciampa. Hopefully, it doesn't happen like that. But, I, I mean, you can go either way. On this one, I think you do just have the baby faces go over. Maybe just pin Kai, uh, keep Candice strong. Maybe they do do some sort of thing where Candice, you know, they get into an argument and Candice just storms off, and then that's how the baby faces get the win. Maybe not the most earnest way for the baby faces to get the win, but they get it done nonetheless. Then we get Keith Lee taking on Johnny Gargano for the NXT and North American Championship. Uh, Gargano gets one over on Lee, getting him in the eye with the car keys on Wednesday. Uh, it, this all depends. Is Keith Lee maybe on the fast track to the NXT Championship? Is he on the fast track to being called up? I think Keith Lee gets the job done here. Maybe we get a little bit of shenanigans, but I think this could be a really good match. Gargano being the underside's heel is at a disadvantage to get heat on himself, but let's see how it pans out, and I think it should be a really fun match. I mean, if if you want me to be a bet man here, I feel like Keith Lee is going to win this match. I think um, Keith Lee... I actually take that back. I honestly don't care who wins. I feel like whoever wins 
is going to be staying in NXT for for a while. If whoever loses needs to get called up to the main roster and and you know make a name for themselves. Then we have maybe the match I'm most intrigued by is Karrion Cross taking on Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, it's been kind of a straightforward build. Cross attacks Ciampa, and Ciampa wants to get revenge. Really hasn't been able to get his hands on Cross right now, so this is his opportunity. I think Cross can uh, be one of those guys who has mega upside, not only in NXT, but on the main roster as well. I think you put him over pretty strong, not a, a full-on squash. Ciampa definitely holds his own, has a really good match, maybe go 12-15 minutes, but in the end, Cross gets the job done to really cement him as one of the top-tier guys in NXT. Do you, do you think if Cross go, loses... Do you think it's clean, or do you think it's... I think there has to be some shenanigans if Cross loses, which I don't know what that would be. You have Scarlet on the outside, so she can maybe get involved because she hasn't really done that yet. But I think if you're you're definitely in the business right now of building up Cross. I think Ciampa, he can always recover from a loss. Yes, he just did lose to Gargano, but I feel as though Cross, being the new guy coming in, you can build him up as the, you know, the mega heel monster and have it be like, oh, this guy's serious. He just destroyed one of NXT's greatest wrestlers, and we got to watch out for this guy. How long do you think Cross is in, in NXT for? I think, I mean, it all depends on what WWE wants and needs. Maybe he's only there for a few months, but I, I could see possibly, you know, being a post-WrestleMania call-up, honestly. Or maybe post-Royal Rumble call-up to get into WrestleMania. And he'll be a Royal Rumble entrant? Quite Entry. possibly. Then we got to do this for every show, Dominic. What is your main event? We got the women's triple threat match, and we got Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream backlot brawl for the NXT Championship. I don't know. Um, I think it's gonna, the main event will be Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream. So we will talk about the women's triple threat match. Charlotte Flair takes on Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley. I think this is a. Uh, Pretty decisive. My Stone Cold Lock of the Week. Charlotte Flair gets the job done, retains her NXT Women's title. I think she will beat Io, probably in some sort of shitty finish where Rhea has Io pinned, but Charlotte yeets Rhea out of the ring, and Charlotte steals the victory. I think we're going to have Io get the victory. I think she is well-deserved, you know, she deserves a title run. Um... But I will steal your idea of somebody has somebody... Be- I-, I think what's actually going to happen now, thinking about it, is you're going to have Charlotte with a figure eight locked in on Rhea, and then she's going to hit her fantastic moonsault on one of them and pin him, and boom, you have a new new women's champion. So you're going to do the Drake Maverick Kushida Drake Atlas finish, but only make it more sense. Correct. It's going to be an actual for sure winner, not someone tapping and winning at the same time, whatever. Then in the main event, we got Adam Cole, baby, defending his NXT Championship against Velveteen Dream in a backlot brawl. We got a little glimpse of what the setup is going to be. Got uh, a ring with a bunch of cars around it. I think this is going to be uh, a cinematic experience. Who knows what it could be? I don't know if it's going to be as crazy kooky and over the top as the Goldust Roddy Piper match at WrestleMania. But I'm intrigued to see what they do. I think this could be a lot of fun. Adam Cole hasn't dipped too much into his kind of, you know, funny, kooky persona that he did on Being the Elite. So this could be maybe a, uh, you know, a different side of Adam Cole. Maybe a way to really 
get the ball rolling on his babyface turn. But I think Cole gets the job done. I just don't feel like Velveteen Dream is that hot of a babyface. And when you get to that one-year mark with the heel champion, I think you need to really make it a big deal when he loses. And I don't think Dream is that right opponent right now. I do agree um, that, you know, when Cole loses, it needs to be somebody big. Um, I was asking to ask this question before you said this, before you said that was, uh, is there anybody you can think of, free agent wrestler, that we haven't heard of in a while seeing that could possibly pop up and screw him over or or maybe be a challenger to him is there anyone you can think of like i can't think of anyone but i was just one asking you that question have you do you can you think of anybody right now that could just you know really pun intended shock adam cole i cannot think of anybody off the top of my head i really don't know who's a free agent at this point, but I think you could see Dexter Loomis get involved. Maybe be the maybe he is, his little doodle comes out to be a he fulfills his doodle and he ties up all the guys in Undisputed Era and drives them away in a cart or something. I would be really disappointed if that happens. I was looking more for an answer of like you know, you know. I know maybe a few months ago we were talking about Marty uh, Squirrel Squirrel. Um, I like saying squirrel because I know you get mad. Um, yeah, I'm so angry, Dominic. Yeah, you're heated. You're turning red. You're so pissed at me. Um, we were debating where he was gonna if he was gonna I think re-sign with new uh, with Ring of Honor if he's gonna go to AEW, um, you know. And we we're thinking like, oh, he can go to a- he can go to NXT and you know really change the landscape there. That's why I was thinking of you know maybe we'll have somebody you know, close to Adam Cole that can maybe come and really screw him over. And that would be him losing the title. So you are going with Velveteen Dream? No, I'm going with Adam Cole still. Baby. Okay. No uh, no reasoning, not even the, the contract dispute? No, I, I, I feel like even if he doesn't resign, I think they're not going to make him drop the title. They're not going to do a John Moxley where they just drop him out for the last couple months and then send him on his merry way. Okay, that'll do it for us for today. Thank you all very much for tuning in. If you want, go to youtube.com slash curveballschairshots. You can see all of our latest and greatest video game live streams. Maybe tonight, if you listen to this right away, we can uh, get a Modern Warfare Warzone stream, possibly. But maybe, maybe an Uno stream. Maybe an Uno stream. We've been playing a lot of Uno lately on the PlayStation Play PlayStation. Le PlayStation. I don't even. How do you say four in uh, French? Quattro. I don't know. Sure. Well, I don't know. I thought You're the Mexican. Talking in Mexican. I thought, I thought oh, the Mexican, Mexican might have spoke a little French. You're the one. That, yeah, you're the one that says wee oui, wee oui sometimes. And she and she says bubbly. Uh-huh. Okay, so thank you all very much for tuning in, Dominic. We almost made it to an hour and a half. I, Damn. I, I almost said you know we have a lot of stuff on the thing, so we comfortable. On your uh, new, new casting couch? Yes, I was. Okay, new studio, new studio yes, yes. furniture. We'll say that. Yes. Until yes. next time, my name is Brendan Tanguma. My name is Dominic Hobson. That's the studio audience, and, and that's, that's the mascot. Until next oh. time, goodbye and good night. Uh, bye bye.